I'm Nikia Cheney. And I'm Cassidy Parong. And I'm Raina Shalise. And you're listening to Amplify, where we provide space to amplify the voices of students who have not been historically heard at Cabrillo. That would include Black, Chicano, Chicana, Latino, Latina, Indigenous, Asian, and any other group of students who feel marginalized on our campus. This podcast series was made possible by support from the Faculty Grants for Student Success, FGSS, and the Associated Students of Cabrillo College Grants, ASCC. If you want to join in this conversation or support our programs, please reach out. We'd love to hear your voice. All right. Hello, this is Nikia Cheney, and I'm talking with Clem Peterson. We're going to be talking about the show, um, I May Destroy You, and just kind of thinking about some of the things that are happening in the show um, and relating them back to life for a college student. So first off, Clem, what made you watch this show? What made you think of this show as something you wanted to share and talk about? Um, it honestly came up in my HBO queue and, um, I had recently finished watching Michaela Cole's other TV show that she wrote and directed called Chewing Gum. Mm -hmm. And, um, I really enjoyed the way she wrote and her style and the way she was able to address really important issues while also having like a comedic tone to it so um although I May Destroy You is a very it starts off very dark and the whole um evolution of the show is really it's based upon a really traumatic experience but um Michaela Cole's writing is still it's kind of uplifting in a way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I understand you. There, there is, it did seem to kind of like move between something that's very, that's kind of comedic, right? Because it starts out, she's got this deadline and she's sort of like lying to her publishers, telling them she has it and they know she's lying, right? They know because she didn't, uh, she didn't spend any time doing the work that she should have done. Um, and so she's going to write this thing and get this thing written. Um, and so she's going to do like an all-nighter where she stays up all night and writes it. Uh, and that's that's funny. But then she goes out in the middle of it, right? <laughs> she goes out and she kind of has, you know, her party with her friends and whatnot. And what was so interesting to me was that right after she came back, she finished her deadline. I don't think yeah. she, you know, what was very good. It wasn't very good. But she still finished it and she did that deadline. And, you know, I, I don't know. I found myself really liking Arabella as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about that? Like from this first episode, like what did you think about that? Even though this is right around a very traumatic event. What did you think about that? Um, well, I, after, it was my second time rewatching this episode. So I got a lot of, um insight from like uh foreshadowing Mm -hmm. and um I was really um taken aback 
than just the relationship between Simon, her friend, and um, his wife, and then the other woman, and that whole thing, and the evolution of that kind of bubble. Um, but other than that, I um, lost my place. Well, no, you said you said the um, the her like Simon and his wife. Now they're trying to set up a kind of a group thing, like a threesome type of thing, or like a, a yeah. you know, where it's going to be. They're trying to bring somebody into their. Are they married? Are they? They're trying to bring someone into their relationship in in a, yeah. a really interesting way. Um, so it's you know, I I kind of get you on that. The whole night, and then they have a friend there. Um, mm -hmm. and the whole night is a little, it's got this really open sense of sexuality. Um, yeah. That's easygoing. But within that, you know, like I said, like she wakes up, she makes her deadline, but then she starts seeing these images of, of an assault. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's those two things pushed against each other that, make it such an interesting commentary on the types of things that you all as college students are dealing with right now. Like yeah. how do you have that open sexuality but still have to deal with issues of assault and rape? Mm -hmm. Especially since from the first episode and before uh, Arabella is assaulted, we're still we're questioning what consent is because Simon knew who um what is her name uh, Which one? i forget her name but the woman that he wants to he and his girlfriend want to bring into their relationship yeah um we learn in the second episode that they have been like having an affair and a secret relationship on the side so yeah. from the beginning of the episode we're questioning what consent is and what we're withholding from somebody we're involved with and also like they tricked Arabella into coming out just so she could be a buffer and that's not how it was um portrayed to her mm -hmm. so it's interesting like it's it's really oof, I don't like it <laughs> which is exactly what Michaela Cole is trying to make us feel yeah like all the relationships are very kind of sticky and you know, Simon, I've seen the actor before. I was kind of mad that I didn't like him mm -hmm. in, you know, the character. I didn't like his character because, you know, he's complicit in what yeah. happened. Yeah. You know, maybe he's not responsible, but he just left Arabella, right? Mm -hmm. And he knew that she was inebriated and, you know, and it kind of, it just sort of begs the question, like, you know, what that, what does that do when he knows that he's complicit because he's lying to her mm. about what happens like he knows yeah, just to save his own skin just to save his own skin um yeah. and, it, and again you know and that's that's one of those those tricky things that happen in in these types of stories now the other big idea is mm -hmm. these are all black characters now we're in london you know they're not African-American, right? Mm -hmm. They're African characters, they're Black characters. And like, how did that feel, Clem, watching like a portrayal of that particular culture? I 
was so thankful to have it. I don't get that um, exposure enough. Um, just like from having black characters that aren't like side characters or token characters, but throughout the show you see the evolution of each character and it's so beautiful and it's so much of what we need right now and um even more so Michaela Cole tackles what it's like to be a black woman who is going to the police about being assaulted um a bit of a spoiler alert um in episode four like being a black man doing the same thing and there's always, she's always bringing in race, which is really important because you can't just put that aside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, 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 you know, the context of us talking, right, you know, I'm your literature teacher, <laughs> you know, and you're in my black, my black literature class, my African-American literature class. Um, in, in that context, like, you know, where do you get these voices? Where do you get... Mm-hmm these type of centralized characters because you're saying that it hasn't been seen before right it's been tokenized or it's not you haven't been immersed in it in that type Mm -hmm. of way like in our class like how does it feel to be reading some of the things that we're reading um what are we on the early early poetry like uh 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 Dunbar and um Mm -hmm. you know uh how does that feel to be reading some of those things uh it feels it feels good i mean you can still see the effects of colonialism and white supremacy on um this show and just like the microaggressions Mm -hmm. and um it's i like seeing the duality of some of Phyllis Wheatley from like the 1860s mm-hmm. and wait yeah 1860s and Dunbar um, a little later than that and then like flash forward to Arabella from two years ago and yeah it's just it's refreshing and definitely thought-provoking yeah yeah it's, it's difficult to do because one of the things I think I wanted to expose like my students because you know, um, Flam, I don't know. Do you identify as white? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So Clem identifies as white. <laughs> I identify as black, you know. Um, but exposing students to some of the history, like black history, but then also seeing that play out in uh in the media and in um shows or in things that have interest nowadays right and there always seems to be that that kind of uh that open-eyed like wow I've never seen this before or I've never Mm -hmm. had a you know like I've never been immersed in this before I've seen it only like a secondary character or tokenized or you know like I may destroy you central black characters you know it is it is Arabella's Mm -hmm. story right that we follow she's not the side person <laughs> you know what I mean? she's not the <laughs> best friend all this thing happens to the best friend and we're following along you know a different a different character she is what this story is about um yeah. and I think that that's kind of you know just sort of something that 
that I think is important uh, because mm -hmm. otherwise we tend to live in these different realities, right? And we don't cross the thresholds of those realities, do we? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've always said this, uh, like, I'm not sure if you've read yet, we're on the double consciousness. Have you read that yet? Have you gone through that? Yeah, yet? I read that in a different class, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And did you, did you get it? Do you understand what the double consciousness is? Oh, yeah, is? yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's this two-ness, right? This mm -hmm. two-ness of being a fully alive, breathing person in all that person's intricacies and pains and realizations and dreams and wants and needs, but then also being acutely aware that you are less than and seen as less than in the society that you're born into um, and having to really reconcile those things. There's one thing that I noticed in I May Destroy You, like there's these little asides where she's, she's caught on the street right here yeah. she is like, cut on her head um mm -hmm. you know what I mean she's she's her phone is broken she's having these flashbacks of the assault and she stopped a couple of times right it's like the little like the little motif that keeps happening right yeah and they say oh aren't you the one who wrote this and who did this can I take a selfie can I take a picture and how does Arabella react to that she just goes along with it she's like yes She's very open about it. She smiles. Mm -hmm. She goes along with it. She takes the picture. You know what I mean? She kind of just, even when she's in this immense trauma, right? Yeah. Still yeah. just able to put that smile on her face. And I always think that that's, that's a really, really good representation of the double consciousness in having mm -hmm. that, right? Is that as horrible as you feel, you have to put a mask on yourself. And you have to portray yourself in a certain way so as not to distress the other person that you're around. And that's an experience that's really hard to explain, but that's the Black experience. So, yeah. you know? So is there anything else about the show or anything okay. you want to talk about? Um, I was just going to add on, like, the deeper you get into the show, the more you see um, Arabella retreat to being really dependent on social media, mm -hmm. which is an aspect that, um, like after, I'm gonna finish rewatching it this time, but I'm interested to see um, the full extent of that dependency. Mm -hmm. Very cool, very interesting, very interesting, right? Well, now you got me questioning like social media right? Because I'm older than you. I'm way older than you, right? So like, how is social media, what is social media doing with these things and kind of doing with these issues? Like, you know, like, how is that adding to or taking away from some of like consent, right? You know, mm -hmm. you can go on what Tinder, or is there like a new little site now that you can go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of sites <laughs> yeah and just you know sexuality is everywhere right you can meet somebody have a hookup and but my goodness what happens 
you know, I mean, they talk about it so casually. I was roofied, you know, or I was, and I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, like if you go out drinking, Clem, right? Are your friends going to be there for you if you're in a situation that's not good? And how do you navigate that? (laughs) Thankfully, I am introverted and still 20 years old. So I'm I'm not a fan of bars, (laughs) but yeah, just the idea that you always have to be on your toes, even when you want to just express yourself and just let go a little is always something I have to think about going outside, which is a fucking disaster. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I'm white, so like there's still um, there's such a level of privilege between someone who is like feminine and white and that whole privilege that goes along with it that Michaela Cole discusses in um, episode six, if you've gotten that far. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. But, you know, definitely can, you know, talk about it till then, but, you know. So then there's that privilege. I hear what you're saying. I know her friend does the audition and mm-hmm. things that happen in that audition are so subtle, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, can you take your wig off? Is that your real hair? Can you take your wig off? I mean, with the accent, as a white person, can we see what your hair looks like? You know, like it, it's, it's very subtle, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, that they wouldn't have done that had it been a white person. So, you know, so yeah, so there's that privilege there, but even with that privilege, there is that danger um, that exists uh, for young people now that, that worries me, you know, mm-hmm. it worries me, like navigating it and growing up in it and being a part of it. So we've got our sexuality, we've got our gender expression, and then we've got race on top of that. So like, how are you guys doing that? Like checking in with the young people. How are you guys dealing with all that? Um, well, with social media nowadays, there's definitely a, um, people are very open about talking about sexual assault and consent because it's education that most of us did not receive. Like most of us did not receive like adequate sex education. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I, the only thing I got was watching like a live birth, which is is so weird. Like what? Um, So (laughs) that aside, um, we're very open about talking about it because it's education I've never received. But when something actually bad happens, like, I've been thinking about it a lot with mental illness. Um, people are always like, oh, self-care, um, like, stop and like, destigmatize mental health. But when someone like, has a breakdown and needs to go to the hospital or like disassociates from reality, like they're just, they tap out, like that's it. And that happens a lot with um, issues of sexual assault sometimes, mm-hmm. which because it's still, you're still on a screen and it's still superficial. So 
always a level of fantasy, if that makes sense. Like, it's not affecting me directly. Mm. Um, so I can just, like, get rid of the app or just turn off my phone. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's deep. That's deep, right? Like, yeah, but that's a form of victim blaming, right? Yeah, totally. You know, and it's the exact same thing that we see with racial microaggression as well. Maybe, you know, maybe that didn't happen. You know, maybe you're taking it the wrong way. Are you sure? You know, maybe that person had a bad day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's really interesting how just the acknowledgement of what takes place, we are so invested in not allowing people to acknowledge those things, you know? And I remember in the, the scene where Arabella is in the police station and the police are talking mm. and she says, well, he had large nostrils. And the police are saying, well, if you're looking down, the person is yeah, looking right? Um, their nostrils would appear large. And then the police officer says, okay, so during this assault, who is he looking at? And then Arabella starts to cry. Yeah. I was like, wow. Cause I was just thinking to myself, like you have a flashback of someone that you honestly think is attacking someone else. She's so disconnected from herself that she's thinking that my memory is him attacking someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. But it takes her a minute to realize this is happening to me. And that's, you know, that's profound, like kind of relating to what you said about, you know, mental health and how we're, how we treat mental health and how we stigmatize it and ignore it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, so it's a powerful show. It's a very, very powerful show. And it's kind of, helping us think of some uncomfortable truths, you know, in a lot of different ways. Um, Again, this is a podcast and it's me, Nikita Cheney, a teacher at Cabrillo, talking to my student about the movie um, or about the show, about the series, I May Destroy You. Uh, Thank you for listening. Like I said, I hope you take something from it. Sexual assault is... It is a part of our society that we need to address and we need to deal with. Um, we don't want to, huh, Clem, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but it is a truth. It is, is it a truth that needs to be brought to light uh, and we need to talk about this more. So thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Any last words, Clem? Um, no, I'm good. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Amplify, a podcast series for historically unheard Cabrillo students. You can join us by emailing Raina Chalice at R-A-C-H-E-L-I-S at cabrillo.edu or me, Nikia Cheney, at N-I-C-H-A-N-E-Y at cabrillo.edu, or even texting 951-254-3651.
or visiting our website at podcastforcabrillo.wordpress.com. And amplify your own voice too. <laughs> <laughs>